Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you pick up some scratches because you want a fun break, the playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cap. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ with your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer because when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California lottery, a little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase, play, or claim. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this week we are talking a unique pregnancy horror, a fucked up exorcism movie, a remake of a 10-year-old movie, what? Terry's childhood on screen, and a new show on Netflix that, a new show that Netflix will invariably cancel. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was just thinking, what if, like, because we've been watching some influencer horrors, and what if we started, like, all of our shows, like, yo, 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 what's up? <laughs> it's your boy, T-Dog. <laughs> uh, I have watched too many influencer I have to go. horror movies. It's over. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> Don't forget to hit that like. Ding! Hit subscribe and hit the bell so you get notified when we are here for you. Or something. I don't, I don't know. I can't do it. That was exhausting. Just that two seconds. That was amazing. I'm going to save that forever. 
Oh, God. I want to watch that one. I'm sad. <laughs> uh, we should put that up on TikTok. We should. Um, before we start talking about our movies, oh, okay. as off the top, we it is the first week for the first full week of April. That means that we have mm-hmm. Seltzer for Life out for all of our patrons, a dollar and up, which is the funny little show we do once a month where we try seltzers. So that is up for all patrons. And next Wednesday, we will have our new Fresh Wounds episode up with a new series that we have started. Terry, would you like to share with everyone what we are covering on Fresh Wounds for the next couple of months? We are talking about Les Problématiques, French, uh, new French extremity movie, High Tension by Alexander Aja. Yay! And it's a two hour long conversation. Um, just under, just shy of two Just hours. shy, yeah. Uh, I have to edit that. <laughs> it, yeah, and that's going to start our kind of bit of a deep dive into New Friends Extremity for the next few months. Mm-hmm. So if there are any other films in the New Friends Extremity that you would like us to cover, you should let us know on Twitter or on Patreon. Uh, you should be a patron so you can listen to these episodes. Uh, if you are a $10 and up subscriber, you get those episodes in your feed once a month so join wanted to plug this before we talk about everything yeah and we you know we decided to start with a a movie that i think more people have probably seen for new french extremity because um i'm relative newbie to a lot of what we're going to probably see and talk about so it just seemed like a good place to to kind of start as like a, a lot of people have seen it a lot of people know it's problematic yeah it's like the well, most well-known one, and I also give a little bit of an intro to New French Extremity mm-hmm. at the beginning. So if Which you I aren't, if you are not as familiar with it, there's a little bit of an intro at the beginning for you. So new to New French Extremity or not, check it out. And yeah. on that note, let's talk about the movies that we've been watching. Yes, uh, which I want to hear about this pregnancy horror. Okay, so I was covering the Overlook Film Festival virtually um over the weekend because i just fucking love watching a million movies a weekend until my eyes bleed out of my face (laughs) um got panic fest coming up oh i know i don't want to talk about it anyway i love your shirt by the way thank you i am obsessed with it i just got it and i interviewed rachel vice today and i wore this because it's a woman directed horror movie so i felt like it was appropriate what was I saying? Okay, so I was covering films for the Overlook Film Festival, and one of the films I watched that I really liked um, is it's called Clock. Um, it's coming out on Hulu um, on April 28th, but it had its world premiere at the Overlook Film Festival, and it's by this new director, Alexis Jack Now, and it stars Diana Agron from um, Shiva Baby. She's the, the wife in Shiva yep. Baby. She stars in it as this woman, Ella. She's 37, and she doesn't have any kids, and she doesn't want kids. And it's this really incredible look at someone, a woman, about like a woman who identifies, like a cis woman who doesn't want to have kids, and like willingly is telling people, like, I just don't want kids. I don't have maternal instincts. And she's getting the barrage of, like, you're going to want kids, you'll regret it, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, pressure from her dad because she's Jewish and the bloodline like Jewish families are matriarchy. So everything is passed through the female bloodline. So she needs to get pregnant to carry on the family legacy. And she just doesn't have that drive to be a mother. And so 
she is like, I, she goes, I must be broken. So I'm going to go to this experimental treatment that is supposed to fix your biological clock and make you want to have babies. And as a person who is very much a person who does not want children, I love this movie because it very much captures the societal pressures that you receive and like the barrage of comments that you get and what it means to be a cis woman or as a person who doesn't want kids when it's like it's your biological imperative to want kids. So you then what happens when that self like when that's how that like what is this this movie is basically manifesting that like what that self-loathing looks like and what you could do if you could fix that self-loathing but then the isolate it's just like it's not perfect because a lot of these like more supernatural elements towards the end are like a little bit shoehorned but i love it because it's a take on pregnancy horror like it's following that like the Josera footsteps a little bit where it's like Mm -hmm. a new take on pregnancy horror where it's not just like women are pregnant and they're like having a hard time with it or like body horror this is a little bit of body horror there's some really fucked up imagery in it but i think it's like a really poignant piece about what it means to exist in the world as a, a married woman who doesn't who like very much does not want children and like what that can manifest as as pete as that pressure just keeps building and i really really liked it it's coming out on hulu soon so everyone can see it um heck yeah yeah i mean like i've never heard of it i've not heard of this before until just now so, but i'm i'm sold i mm-hmm. give me more stuff directed by women about yeah there's an incredible scene where she's at a baby shower and people are like you're gonna like what do you do with all your time and it's in a montage of her like her husband going down on her her getting massages her going out to nice dinners and going out on vacations like the most inc- like it's wild because like you never see that but like it was a it was a, like a very literal showing of like literally look at how awesome my life is without kids like i am not regret and like it's just you don't see that a lot and it's just really refreshing yeah. to see that because like i feel the same way i'm like this is all the shit i'm doing without kids and like i'm fine so yeah um it's it's one of those movies that was a it was a bite it was part of the bite size halloween the Halloween stuff where they had like a bunch of shorts like they commissioned people to make shorts like matriarch uh-huh. came from that too so this is another one of the adaptations of the shorts oh, into okay. features so like it might get it's like a little bit of something that like might get kind of dumped on hulu but i hope people watch it because it's really good especially for like being one of those like pretty probably pretty low budget movies that they're making so it's really good i'm excited and you said that's coming out the end of april right mm-hmm. yep sweet soon. yeah soon so um yeah. what is this remake of a 10 year old movie um so this is one that we we both have seen and you know I think that there should there can be a case being made of saying why remake uh, Last Shift, which came out mm-hmm. in 2014, I think. It did, yes. When it came out. Yeah. And here we have the, the director going back to his material uh, to remake it with Malum. And I... Wasn't really sure what to expect. I have seen Last Shift, but it's been a while. And I actually kind of wanted to watch Last Shift again to sort of see how this remake compares. Because I don't remember Last Shift being as big in terms of like... Yeah, 
internal to the, the police yeah. station. Mm-hmm. There was a lot less context. So I, I liked Last Shift, but like I remember just kind of being like, I just thought it was like not enough. I think I wanted more like context, and that's exactly what Malum is. And so I really liked kind of the, what they did to fill in the gaps and kind of refocus the movie. I think, pardon me, to me, that made it more successful. From And I, I also haven't watched Last Shift for a while. So like... Again, I might be misremembering, but I just feel like Malum did more for me than Last Shift did when I initially watched it. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. I mean, the premise is still the same. For those that haven't seen either, Mm -hmm. um, it is there's a newly decommissioned uh, police station where a rookie police officer is getting her first night on duty um, in this in this station. Um, Her father uh, used to be a police officer in the station and then decided to go on a murderous spree one night and they've moved into this other new PlayStation police station and they're slowly uh, transitioning from there. And so she's kind of doing the graveyard shift at this place, but also trying to figure out why her dad did what he did. And I will say that I do think there are some subtle, and I'm going to use that very strongly subtle um, critiques of the police force in here that I think that if you're not like, paying attention to you might just kind of coast over it but um i think there's some really smart things that they've done here with um kind of post black lives matter type things with the corruption in the police force as well as um as well as you know taking on this kind of cult idea again it's very subtle it's not kind of the purpose of this movie um but there are some interesting um things that have happened in the intervening 10 years since that original one came out that kind of make this a little bit more, made it a little bit more interesting to me. There's some really good practical effects and gore. The gore is way better in this one, I think. It's it's way grosser and it's way scarier, I think. There's a lot of really good jump scares. It's And the music is really good, too. The score is incredible. It's by the guy it who is. did the Outlast score. Um, I will say that one of the things, some of the acting was a little um circumspect in this and there was one line that just that just killed me because she all the cops are wearing nameplates and she shows up and it's like five minutes into a conversation that the dude realizes that she is her father's daughter and i'm like name it's literally right here right here i'm like "Mm." it's fine okay (laughs) that moment just really jumped out of me i was like fine yeah i i liked it i liked it i remember having i remember it definitely freaked me out more than the first one and i think they filled out more of the stuff with the cult the cult plot there's in there again like you said there's some really cool monster effects too so it's it's a worth a watch when it comes out on digital or if it's in a theater definitely check it out it's it's a good like just good gross movie a fucked up exorcism is a blah 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 a fucked up exorcism movie which i know the title because you tweeted about it and i really want to hear more about this yeah so i tweeted about how australian directors are sickos and it was because i just watched this another movie from overlook um film festival this is godless the eastfield exorcism which is coming out soon to i I don't know where yet but it's coming out like to vod soon um but this is an Australian film from the direct from director Nick Kozakis. Um, I don't he hasn't done a lot of stuff, but it's based on a true story. We actually watched 
there was that movie we watched that was like it wasn't like a documentary, but it was with a woman in Australia who died during a, an um an exorcism. Do you remember what I'm talking? Do you remember that? I forgot her name. Janet, I think something like that. Uh, belief, the possession of Janet Moses. Yes. Um. So this is inspired by the Janet Moses story. So like, let's just set the scene for you there. <laughs> but yeah. this woman essentially is having. Is, is having, like, a psychotic breaks, essentially. And her husband refuses to believe her mental health care professional that she's schizophrenic and is, like, she's got the devil in her and takes her to his fundamentalist church and hires an unlicensed exorcist and they kidnap her and lock her in a shed and perform an exorcism. And it lasts an hour. The entire... So the first 30 minutes are setting up the context, and then the last hour is her getting the shit kicked out of her and getting an exorcism. And when I tell you that my fucking stomach was in my asshole for an hour, it was the most stressful shit I have ever seen. (laughs) Look, I don't know what else to tell you. It's it's a, it's provocative. It gets the people going. You guys understand what I mean when I say that incredibly uh, disgusting uh, metaphor. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's really good, but it's fucked up. Australians really know how to make a movie that makes you um feel empty afterward. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> it's a really it's a really it's a really refreshing take on the Exorcism movie. Okay. Like, I know that you do not like exercise. Like, it's not... I do not. Not, like, it's not, like, your typical possession movie whatsoever. It's, like, really sympathetic towards her and when she has these, like, hallucinations. But it it's never fully a possession movie, if you know what I mean. Like, it doesn't go... I do. Yeah. That is Godless, the Eastfield exorcism that's coming out soon. And so, the movie that made Mary Beth's uh, summit go into her asshole. That on the poster, like, for serious... I'm a poet. What can I say? That's what they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Any fucking way. Uh, your childhood on screen? Yes. Uh, we went to go see Dungeons and Dragons on Oh, fuck yeah. This weekend. And I had a huge smile on my face the entire time we were watching this movie. Fun. Yeah, and Kate says, so much fun we went to. It was. It was just, it was so much fun. I just... I loved, listen, I love fantasy. I love fantasy so much. And I have seen the original Dungeons and Dragons movie and it was a painful experience for me. And this movie is what that movie wanted to be. Uh, it's It has a very self-contained story. So it's not like about giant armies marching or anything like that. It is about a band of, of thieves that end up getting... Um, caught while trying to uh, steal an artifact and we have like evil sorceresses and Hugh Hugh Grant being a lovable scamp who (laughs) is not very lovable by the end of the movie but is just sorry just having so much fun with that role It, it is ultimately about you know um Chris Pine's character trying to right the wrongs and free his daughter and all this kind of stuff. But it's very, it's very contained. There's a lot of little bit of in jokes. Uh, Like, I feel like there's some really um, relatively deeper cuts with the creatures that are sort of show up. 
are isn't like you don't need to know Dungeons and Dragons to enjoy yeah. them, but there are little bits of monsters where it's like, oh, that's a gelatinous cube, or oh, that's a displacer beast, or oh, that is a black dragon, which is important because it is spitting acid instead of fire. Like there's all these little tiny bits of things that nerd me that had the monstrous manual and would just like read it as if it was like a storybook. Like this is this was my childhood up on the screen and it was a great time. I wish it was queer. I wanted a little bit more because I don't believe any of the characters in it are queer. There was a moment where I thought maybe, but they never really explored that. So I'm like, I, I wanted that. But other than that, this was a lot of fun. Michelle Rodriguez kicking ass. Sophia Lillis as a t- tiefling. I'm here for it. It was great. I want them to continue making these movies because they were, it was a lot of fun. Fuck yeah. I realized that I went in the wrong order because I don't have anywhere to talk about, so you have to go again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's this new show on Netflix? <laughs> I don't know how to read. So this this new show on Netflix, well, I should have put the order a little differently. Eh, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. This new show on Netflix. So there is this creator, his name is Victor Fresco, and he has created a lot of shows uh, well, I, he's, I, I take that back. He has created two really big shows that I really enjoyed that got canceled before their prime. Uh-huh. The first one being uh, Better Off Ted. Okay. Which I think is a hilarious uh, workplace comedy. And then also the Santa Clarita Diet, oh, also on Netflix, yeah. that got canceled after three seasons. Yeah. This is the guy that he wrote on um, Andy Richter Controls the Universe. He wrote, um, he created a, a show called Life on a Stick. He wrote on My Name is Earl. Like, he's done a lot of kind of absurdist, surreal-esque type comedy. And his new show that just premiered on Netflix is called Unstable. And it actually reminds me of Better Off Ted uh, in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's, it's co-created by Rob Lowe and his son, John Oh, Lowe, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Where Rob Lowe is, plays this, um, biotech CEO that is very eccentric, very playful, um, very like that kind of idea of like, is he a madman or is he a genius kind of trope? But he's also incredibly kind and nice to his people. So it's not like a typical egocentrist creator that is you know unapproachable he is a little too approachable and that is part of his problem he goes off on tangents a whole lot and does things for the fun of it unfortunately his wife passed away recently he is spiraling from that he hasn't really talked to his son who also went to school to be an engineer and then gave it up to be a flautist uh, and so there's like a dis- a little bit of a disconnect between the father and the son because the father really wishes the boy would work at his biotech lab. And one of the people at the biotech lab brings the son in because dad is spiraling. Uh, the board might want to try to take the company away from him. Let's try to get them on board. And there's a lot of character tropes that I think um, – I feel like this is a direct continuation from Better Off Ted that this could be in the same universe. Uh, like Better Off Ted had a pair of scientists that were sort of like kooky and eccentric and fun. This one has the 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 woman equivalent to them. There is um, Portia de Rossi was in Better Off Ted and played this incredibly out of touch um, manager. And we have a similar kind of character here. So it feels like he is attempting to maybe 
bring some of that better off Ted energy that got canceled after two seasons to here. And unfortunately he's bringing it to Netflix, a place that is probably going to cancel the show, but it's funny. It's really fun. Rob Lowe is incredible in it. He's just bringing so much energy. I've heard the ads on podcasts and stuff, so, or like I've seen it, or not on podcasts. I've seen it um, on Peacock when I watch my trash television and it looks good. So, okay. That is exciting to hear because I was interested in it. So having that feedback is good to know. In the very first episode, there's, um, there's this little nugget of a plot where um, they, the company had hired a therapist to help him work through his issues and the therapist has disappeared <laughs> and it turns out that uh Rob Lowe's character has been keeping him locked up in his basement as <laughs> kidnapped him and it's played by Fred Armisen and they have created a friendship between the two of them after he's been kidnapped and living in this place and he doesn't want to leave once Missy who lets him go Misty. Misty, oh, from Yellow, Misty from Yellow Jackets. When she... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I just was sorry I did not go there with you. No, I apologize. Okay. I tried. Uh, but yeah, so it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's silly. It's absurd. Uh, and I think fans of Better Off Ted will find a lot to love here. Cool. So, Fuck unstable. Yeah. Go check it out before Netflix cancels it and takes it off their streaming site. Well, shade. shade, that is shade. Um, so I just want to do a little teaser for next week because I've been watching a lot of movies and things that like are embargoed until next week. So just to give you guys a teaser so you listen next week, I will be talking about Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster movie, and Dead Ringers, um, the new Cronenberg adaptation for Amazon, and also Evil Dead Rise. So guys, just a teaser for next week. It'll be lots of good shit. Um... But that does it for this week's episode. Terry, who are we talking to on Monday about your favorite movie? This is what I love about this podcast. We just had an episode drop on The Elephant Man. And it was a very high class episode digging into that David Lynch film. And now this coming week, we are chatting with Gabriel. Oh my gosh. I got it. I can do it. Gabriel Beer-Gislason. Thank you. Because you said his name, and I didn't, his last name, and I just, I can't. Uh, the writer-director of the kind of queer Jewish horror comedy film Attachment that is currently on VOD. I think it's on it's on Shudder, right? It is I on believe. Shudder. It is on Shudder. So we talked to him about that, and then he brought with him Rosberries. We've got no raspberries. Dracula fucking dead and fucking loving it. I never thought in a million years we would have a guest coming on the show to talk about my favorite Mel Brooks movie. But here we are. It, it is like the cutest conversation because <laughs> Gabriel was like, I didn't know if you guys were going to like think I was a weirdo for bringing this. I'm like, oh no, this is Terry's all time favorite fucking movie. And it was just like a lot of quoting the movie and... <laughs> It was very wholesome and sweet because he has a really sweet story about how he got introduced to it. So yeah, it's a really yeah. fun episode. Um, definitely in contrast with Michelle's, but that's why we love the show. We get wild uh-huh. mood swings of recordings. So yay. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was such a good conversation. And then 
what are we kind of doing for little cuts next week, Mary Beth? So we've been kind of, you know, we're taking Patreon suggestions about what we're going to, what we should cover just as we kind of get our footing about what movies we should do next. Um, and Tony Kaufman really wants Terry to see Savage Land, the found footage movie. So we are going to be talking about Savage Land. There we go. It's as easy as that. So if you have anything that you want us to watch, let us know on Twitter. Or you can, you know what you can do here? We're going to transition right into the fucking outro. Look at that smooth shit. So um, if you have any suggestions for things that you want us to cover, we're taking, we are taking listener suggestions. You can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com. You can comment it on Patreon or you can let us know on Twitter I am on there at MB McAndrews. And I'm McGaley Dreadful. Or you can DM uh, the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast or tweet at us, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And um, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Uh, thank you to our patrons that um, are making this possible to help defray costs and support us. Uh, so make sure that if you haven't yet, that you watch Seltzer, which should be up by the time this episode is up. Yep. And also um, next week we have your fresh wounds. So and you can also be watching us um, and see the kind of weird shirts and see Jeff Goldblum sort of poking his eyes up off the bottom of the screen. That's what we got for you. So thank you. <laughs> thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. scratch there's a playful way you can do just that scratch with the key or acrylic nail scratch with the quill from a porcupine tail use a belt buckle from your friend lamar or scratch with your pick while you play guitar you can scratch in a bunch of different playful ways scratchers from the california lottery a little play can make your day please play responsibly must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim Hey guys, it's Paige from Giggly Squad. You know that I love a full girl shower, so I want to tell you about Hemp's. Their body wash and their scrubs hydrates you with 100% natural hemp seed oil, shea butter, and aloe vera. My favorite, favorite scent is the pomegranate herbal. Hemp's products are all plant-based formulas, vegan and cruelty-free. Elevate your shower routine with Hemp's new body wash and scrubs. Available at Ulta Beauty and Hemp's.com. That's H-E-M-P-Z.com. Make sure you check it out today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. 
These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.